When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey guys, it is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino style games to choose from with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hello, 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 everyone. This is Steve Saipa, and welcome to episode 80 of Unformidable, where we take a look at some of the less heralded Mets in our beloved franchise's ever-quirky history, because for us, every player who dons the orange and blue is in some way Unformidable. No, you're not in the multiverse of madness. Rob needed a week off, and I was more than willing to step in for the week. So, I want to set the scene for everybody. I want to take you all back. In 2003, Jose Reyes would make his Major League debut, and he would quickly establish himself as one of the most dynamic players in baseball, a fan favorite, and one of the faces of the franchise. A year later, David Wright would make his debut, and likewise, he would establish himself as one of the premier third basemen of the era, a fan favorite, and one of the faces of the franchise. And while the duo proved to be one of the best young tandems in all of baseball, were it not for an unfortunate twist of fate, they would be joining a third dynamic player who would have have already made his professional debut, one that perhaps would have put the Mets over the edge in 2006, 2007, and 2008. Meridian, Mississippi has a history going back over 150 years. 
the Somme, the city is best known for being ravaged in the Civil War when Union General William Tecumseh Sherman burned it to the ground because of its strategic location. To others, the city is best known for being a hotspot in the Civil Rights Movement and the home to murdered activist James Cheney. To others, it's just a stop on Amtrak's Crescent Line, one of many en route to either New Orleans or New York. But for some, Meridian, Mississippi is where the legend of Brian Cole began. The Coles were a family of athletes. Patriarch of the family, William, he played semi-professionally. Two of Brian's older brothers, Robert and Greg, they both played balls well, with Robert playing collegiate baseball at Ole Miss and then playing professionally in the Atlanta Braves minor league system in the late 80s and early 90s. And Greg playing in college for the University of Southern Mississippi. Despite his five foot nine, hundred and seventy pound frame though, Brian seemed poised to eclipse all of them. While in high school, he stood out in the diamond and on the gridiron, earning all state honors in both sports. And to this day, his five A Mississippi state record of twenty two home runs still stands. Turning down football scholarships from a variety of schools, including Florida State, Brian wanted to play baseball, and he was unfortunately rudely greeted by the realities of the business when the 1997 MLB draft approached. Because of his small stature and because of his poor grades, professional teams were looking to lowball him, and D1 colleges weren't really interested in giving him scholarships. His name is finally called in the 36th round, and he was selected by the Detroit Tigers, 1,075th overall, but they only offered him $5,000, and he rejected it. Instead, he made arrangements to attend Navarro College, a junior college in Corsicana, Texas. Cole spent just a single season with the Navarro Bulldogs, but it was a season to remember. That spring, he appeared in 60 games and hit 524, slugging 27 home runs and stealing 49 bases, winning Baseball America's Junior College Play of the Year award. He played football as well and received scholarship offers from LSU and Florida State. But when the 1998 MLB draft approached, the Mets approached Cole with an offer that he found acceptable. And because baseball was his first love, he decided to go with baseball. When the Mets made their 18th round selection, they called Brian Cole's name, and the two sides agreed to a $100,000 signing bonus, making the Juco stand out officially a professional. Assigned to the Kingsport Mets for that summer, Cole punished the Appalachian League, hitting 300, 317, 491 in 56 games, slugging five home runs, and stealing 15 bases in 23 attempts. He was even better in 1999 when he was promoted to the Capital City Bombers, the Mets' South Atlantic League affiliate at the time. In 125 games, the 20-year-old outfielder hit 316, 362, 522 with 18 home runs and 50 stolen bases in 66 attempts. He began the 2000 season with the St. Lucie Mets and hit a staggering 312, 356, 528 
in 91 games with 15 homers and 54 stolen bases in 65 attempts. And his performance there earned him a promotion to the Binghamton Mets later that season. He wasn't able to really keep up as toward a pace in double A as he was in high A, but his numbers were still encouraging, and he hit 278, 326, 420 in 46 games with four home runs and 15 stolen bases in Binghamton. And all in all, he combined to hit 301, 347, 494 in 137 games for St. Lucie and Binghamton, slugging 19 home runs and stealing 69 bases in 84 attempts. Knocking on the door to the major leagues, the Mets front office knew that it was only a matter of time before Cole would make his MLB debut. The question was not if he'd be able to hack it in the majors, but rather how good would he be? He was a player we were going to build around as an organization, former Mets GM Jim Duquette would later say. Though not necessarily a 5-2 player with great eights all across the board, Brian had a broad, strong set of skills. He could hit for contact, he could hit for power, he had unbelievable speed, he could field his position, he had an incredible arm. One could make the case that he needed to improve his walk rate. Uh, he, he had a career 6.1% walk percentage in 320 games, but... At the same time, one could also make the argument that his play discipline wasn't poor, and it was just that he valued notching hits more highly than drawing walks at that point in his career, since he was still a minor leaguer and was still looking to make a name for himself and get noticed. Cole was honored at a pregame ceremony at Shea Stadium that September. He was named Mets Minor League Player of the Year and was expected to be patrolling the outfield in Queens in another year or so at most. But unfortunately, life is rarely that straightforward. This podcast is sponsored by Ramp. Are you the decision maker in your company? Consider this. For the first time in decades, there's a better option for a corporate card and spend management platform. Meet Ramp, the only corporate card and spend management system designed to help you spend less money so you can make more. Most corporate credit cards offer points as incentives, but those points amount to less than their worth in real cash value. Ramp's business cards offer you cash back, real money in your pocket. Plus, you control who spends what with each vendor. And Ramp's software collects and verifies receipts automatically, which means you'll stop wasteful spending and close your books in hours instead of days. Businesses that use Ramp add up to 5% to their bottom line the first year. If you're a decision maker, adding Ramp could be one of the best decisions you've ever made. And now get $250 when you join Ramp for free. Just go to ramp.com slash easy. Ramp.com slash easy. R-A-M-P dot com slash easy. Currents issued by Sutton Bank and Celtic Bank members of DIC terms and conditions apply. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BGW. Void or prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Brian impressed in spring training camp that following March, giving players, coaches, and fans a tantalizing taste of what was to come. But the Mets did not want to push him too hard, and they erred on the side of caution 
and they decided to give him some additional time to develop his skills in the minor leagues, finishing school, if you will. And on March 31st, 2001, Brian Cole was assigned from spring training camp to AA Binghamton. Instead of heading straight up to Binghamton, he decided to drive home to Meridian first, giving his cousin and fellow Mets farmhand Brian Jenkins a lift to their respective homes on the way. Jenkins' home was first. It was roughly a seven-hour trip from Point St. Lucie to Port St. Joe on the Florida Panhandle. And after dropping Jenkins off in Blountstown, where family members going to pick him up, Cole and his cousin continued their long drive back to Meridian. While passing Sneeds, Florida, another vehicle on the road entered his lane and almost sideswiped his Ford Explorer. Brian swerved onto the median to avoid the collision, but he lost control of the SUV while driving on the rough grass, and the car rolled and flipped multiple times. And because he was not wearing a seatbelt, Brian Cole was ejected from the vehicle, suffering catastrophic damage to his head, lungs, and other organs. His cousin Ryan was wearing his seatbelt, and he walked away from the horrific scene with relative minor injuries. Brian Cole lived through the initial trauma and was transported from the crash site to Jackson Memorial Hospital in nearby Mariana, Florida. But while en route, he succumbed to his injuries and was pronounced dead roughly three hours later. The Mets were opening the season in Pittsburgh, and they were all celebrating their successful 2000 season and toasting for another good one in 2001 at a steakhouse near their hotel. Steve Phillips was the first one to get the call, and the guys at the table knew that something was up based on how long that phone call took place and how Steve Phillips acted. When the news was broken to the team, it left grown men in a state of stunned shock. Perhaps no one besides Sir Brian Cole's family themselves were impacted more by his death than Pat Strange, who befriended Brian in 1999 when they played together in Kingsport. According to Jim Duquette, quote, If you look at them, they were as diverse as could be. Pat is from the Northeast, and Brian is from the Deep South. Pat is 6'5", and Brian is 5'9". That's one of the things about baseball. We have a lot more things in common than different. It crushed my life, Strange said of his friend's passing. I guess what we ended up playing two and a half years, it's not an enormous amount of time. Besides the talent and a great guy that he was on the field, he just wanted to win all the time. That's what I loved about him. No matter if he was 3 for 3 or 0 for 4, if the game was on the line, he wanted badly to win that game. That's just something I strive for in my life and something I hope my son strives for as well. His son, who was born roughly a year after the tragic accident, was named Brian Cole Strange in the hopes that by giving his son Brian's name, he would also strive to live the values that Brian stood for. After his death, the Cole family filed a lawsuit against Ford, claiming that the Ford Explorer, quote, is defective and unreasonably dangerous for the uses for which it was marketed because the vehicle has an unreasonable tendency to roll when used as Ford marketed it to be used as a station wagon replacement, 
and that the vehicle is also defective and unreasonably dangerous for an occupant protection or crashworthiness standpoint because the safety belt failed to remain locked and it permitted Brian to be thrown from the car and killed. Ford did not admit any wrongdoing in Cole's death, claiming that he was driving dangerously. And the lawsuit between the two parties lasted over a decade and was tried three different times, with the first trial ending in a mistrial and the second in a hung jury. The Cole family finally won the third trial, with the 2010 jury awarding the family $131 million. But the two sides agreed to settle out of court for an undisclosed sum to avoid problems during the settlement phase of the case. Many of the men who played with and against Brian still swear that he was one of the best players they ever saw suit up. And we're not just talking about teens or young men whose names have faded from our collective consciousness because they never made it over that double-A hump. I'm talking about bona fide major leaguers. I'm talking about MLB all-stars. I'm talking about current and future Hall of Famers. Jason Tyner, Heath Bell, Brad Hopp, CeCe Sabathia, Albert Pujols. The names go on and on, but all still speak reverently about Brian Cole. Was Brian Cole destined to be a superstar? We'll never know, but in a bittersweet way, this is one of the kinds of things that makes baseball so beautiful. We romanticize the game. Brian's life was cut tragically short, but the impact that he had on those around him left such a mark that his life and times became sort of a myth, and his legacy got magnified. In my mind's eye, and in the minds of many, many others, Brian Cole was the best player you never saw. Thanks for taking the time to listen to Unformidable. Please go to AmazingAvenue.com for more Mets-related content. You can follow Amazing Avenue on all the social medias. You could find this and all of our Amazing Avenue pods you have your podcast from. Original music by Bunga. I'm on Twitter at Steve Saipa. Rob is on Twitter at WolfRR, W-O-L-F-F-R-R. And the show is at Unformidable. Thank you, and as always, let's go Mets.